What's up, bro? What's up, bro? How you doing? Hey, man. Doing good. good. My next guest is uh, a comedian, a professor, but more importantly, my friend, Freddie Stevens. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. It's good to be here. Dude, you're very unique because uh, not only do you, you wear lots of different hats, but um, you're a fifth-generation Floridian. Yes. Fifth-generation Miamian. Miamian. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, my great-great-grandparents settled in pioneered homestead so in what, 1907 what you, wow yes that's in the that's like bc days uh, before cubans <laughs> and uh cubans think joke. it's think, cubans think miami started in 1960. yeah no, well, well it was it was close <laughs> what you don't know is that originally we pioneered with, with the tequesta we'll talk about that later <laughs> Yeah, they came, uh, they pioneered in an uh, old uh, homestead. Uh -huh. They took the train down from Michigan, Flagler's train. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a, a hotel there called the Redland Inn, and that was their, they helped build that, I'm pretty sure, yeah. And at night, my, my gr great-grandmother, Nanny, we called her, little, little, she died, she was like 97, she's like, I remember at night we'd have to go to bed early because the panthers would eat the hogs and we could hear them outside. I was like, what the fuck? Fuck yeah. That's crazy, you know, crazy. Crazy. You know? That's my, Miami's always had characters, right? Always had characters. It yeah. still does. It still does. It, you know, it's the end of the line, right? It, it was the playground of America for, for I mean, for, for from 1925 until at least the 19... Now it's still now. It's still now, yeah. right? We were just briefly yeah. before talking about a few uh, characters, but uh, so a lot of your comedies is characters, right? Yes. But you, it's a broad range from an old Cuban guy all the way to Henry Flagler. Oh yeah. And yeah. how do you develop your characters? Like, what makes it, what, what makes you say, hey, I want to do you know Henry Flagler? Um, I'm really into Miami history. Right. I'm really into it, and uh, my dad and growing up in Miami, he worked at the airport. Mm -hmm. And so we'd always go on Delta Airlines, standby at four o'clock in the morning, uh, and I'd sit there. And there were the characters you would see in the airport. I love, <laughs> I freaking love airports. Right. I don't know why. And whenever you'd go to that gate, right? Say you're go say you're flying back to Miami. Say you're in Atlanta, and you have to fly. As soon as you got to that gate, you'd see the Miami people. You know what I mean? You, they stand out they in a crowd. They stand yeah. out. You can say, you can hear it. And, and you can smell the cologne. And in the kid in this, as a kid in the '70s and '80s, it wasn't just one type of person that was in Miami. You had like, you know, the old retiree Jewish. You know, let me tell you something. <clears throat> I've been waiting here for 42 minutes, and we were supposed to Shelley. You know, and I'd be fascinated, right? And then you'd see the the different Cubans. You'd have the you'd have the old man Cuban. Oh yeah, me. Oh yeah, Or then you'd get Lisette, you know, who was usually the flight attendant. Hi, my name's Lisette. I got FIU, but I want to transfer. If you don't like the uh, oxygen mask, whatever, like whatever. Like it was just so many different types of people. You would see, and that's I started studying that. And then I had relatives that were Southern, like crackers, you know, right. also. Had some redneck going on. I had a grandfather on my mom's side who was a Jewish Frenchman, you know. And I just, these accents, I just loved them. And so I just started doing accents. And when I was about uh, 13 years old, uh, I went to the youth fair, and they had a costume contest. And everyone would do, like, a traditional thing. And I showed up, 13. Yeah. Dressed as a character named Super Chaperona, who was a large 
Cuban-American woman yeah. that was on a TV show called Kipasa USA. Yeah. And I showed up 13 years old on stage and did this weird ass character and I won third place, a Katrina and the Waves album. <laughs> and that's when I realized, oh shit, this is fun. Now, did, did you start in like the performing arts or did you get right into improv? Like what was your journey? Um, I started uh, uh, in improv. I okay. moved to LA yeah. and uh, I got involved with a great uh, troupe called the Groundlings, yeah. which are quite famous. I, Maya Rudolph would give me rides home and I'd hang out with all these incredible people and I do characters. I was not, I'd never done stand up before. I was scared of stand up. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I started doing some stand up and I'm weird. I'm a weird comic, right? I'm not a traditional comic. Right. You know, I do characters on stage. It's a big no no uh, to, to wear any sort of props or anything. But I said, you know, can I say F word? No. Yes, yeah, say, say, say fuck, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, so I was like, screw it. I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to do the Miami thing. Right. And that's what I did. I started doing Miami humor, you know, in 2004, you know, before people knew about my, we all knew Miami humor. If you lived in Miami. Right. If yeah. you lived in Miami and people were like, you're really funny in Miami. Right. You know, and I just, I owned it, you know, screw it. That's so how, how do you, how do you gain that audience? You do a Miami act or these hilarious uh, uh, characters, uh -huh. and then you go to Atlanta. Like, how do you win that audience over? Okay, so uh, what I do is I rarely, I rarely uh, get booked outside of Florida. Okay. But, but, but I do. Yeah. Uh, and when I do, um, I, I, what I do is I still do these characters, but I kind of, the references are different. Right. right. So instead of saying, you know, if I'm in L.A., I won't say Hialeah, I'll say East L.A. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, how many people here, how many Mexicans we have here instead of how many Cubans we have here. <laughs> right. That sort of thing. Right. But many of these characters I've found um, after a while, they everyone kind of can relate to that character somehow. Yeah. You know, um, and a lot of what I do is improv anyways. So I just I improvise, you know, as much as possible. Yeah. Crazy. You 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 had told me that. Uh, you started off as an announcer, am I correct? That's correct. Where, where did you, how did you start off as an announcer? So Dan, I, um, I, I was a highlight play-by-play announcer. Which is fascinating to me. So if your listeners don't know what highlight is, highlight in the Miami back in the, from the 50s through 20 years ago was this game where they catch the ball and they sling it against a hard wall. It's famous in Spain, yeah. and it was a big deal in Miami, but by the time the 1980s came around, it was like faded glory, you know? Right. That's where you went. It was like a kind of like a dog track, and you'd go there, and it was filled with smoke, and people would- And you could gamble, right? On, you on could highlight. gamble. Yeah, you yeah. gamble on highlight, yeah. Right. You could bet two bucks. You could get beers, like 30-cent beers. Yeah. And my dad, who worked at Delta Airlines at nights, he'd get off real late. He'd be like, you're 18? Screw it. Meet me. Pick me up at the airport, and we'll go to Miami Highlight right next to the airport. And, uh, you know, we'll get you some beers, and maybe we'll, you know, bet five or six dollars. And I got addicted to it. And their people, they would yell. They would yell, <laughs> these old men, hey, Michelena, tu, tu, you know, they bet five dollars, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, you know? Right, right. You know, and there was, and I could drink beers, and I thought it was so awesome. I got into it, and I learned the game of Highlight, which is actually an incredible sport. Very skilled, very dangerous. But I, the atmosphere was incredible. Talk about Miami characters. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, and then you're there and you're sitting there and like Don King will walk by, you know, with like two prostitutes at, at 1 a.m. on a Tuesday night, you know. That's right. And he was a Highlight fan. He was a Highlight fan. Didn't he buy Daniel Highlight? Yeah, I think he bought one yeah. of those and he was a boxing fan. They used right. to have boxing there. Right. Flyweight, you know, from Panama. And so I'd go to the boxing matches there with these people from Nicaragua, <laughs> you know, just it, it, that place was something. And... I liked it so much that when I was in grad school, I needed a job, and I was at High Lie, and one of the announcers recognized me and said, hey, I've seen you before. We need an announcer. And I was like, I don't know anything. And they're like, yeah, you do. And I started play-by-play announcing for two years. I'd go to grad school, and at night, I'd go to Miami High What does play-by-play an- announcing at High Lie sound like? Oh, uh, I can, it goes just like this. And they play the song. Dun, dun. Dun 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 Welcome to Miami Highlight Game Seven, Spectacular Seven, and here in the front court, Elorio versus Michelena Team Wood. And here's the catch, Elorio. Great scoop by Elorio on the inside to the seven line. Up goes Michelena, back with the return. Here's Elorio with the Tejada inside. Great catch by Michelena. Strong forearm to the left, to the left, going over overhead on the picada. Elorio, Elorio, back with ease, and now it bounces forward. The overserve back, back at Loria, Michelena, Michelena, Chula, point seven. <laughs> and only four people were listening to me. Uh, and that's all night. Your, all night. Your voice is wrecked out uh, Wrecked. But, but I, And it's filled with smoke. Smoke, yeah. yeah there might have been a hundred people in the audience, right? But it was on closed circuit TV back then. So you, it was actually being played in Vegas and Atlantic yeah, yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I thought. And it had those little TVs. Those like little, little yeah. TVs, yeah. right. And these you usually would turn off the volume. But yeah, no, I loved it. I thought it was so cool. And I'd invite my friends over and. You know, put their name up in lights and yeah. But that wasn't the only time you did broadcasting, didn't you? Do broadcasting for the Dodgers? I sure not Vince Scully Dodgers. You you did a different yes, a different thing. It was slightly different. Um, <laughs> so when I moved to LA to be in in the Groundlings, I was really good at accents. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend worked for the LA Dodger Network, and they is the dot com era, and they wanted to find some fanatic Dodger baseball fan that would do something crazy. He would love the Dodgers so much that he would get in a car and he would drive to every single baseball game around the country for the Dodgers. Like, every one. And they needed a fanatic fan. And I like baseball. Right. But, you know, but I wanted the job. So I acted like I studied, you know, and I went in there and I auditioned and told them I'm a fanatic fan. I'll drive to every game. I lied completely. And they're like, okay, you got the job. Here's a brand new Honda CRV. We're going to cover it in all kinds of logos, uh, carparts.com. You have to wear a Dodgers jersey and a hat. And every day, no matter where you are in the country, even if you're on I-5 in the middle of, you know, fucking wherever, freaking wherever, you have to call the radio network, LA Dodger, which huge, huge radio network, yeah. and you have to tell them what you're doing as Freeway Freddy, the <laughs> ultimate Dodger fan. And I literally drove uh, 57,000 miles Insane. Uh, in uh, four months. Yeah, everywhere. How do, you, how do you come up with your characters? Um, uh, alcohol. Alcohol, that usually um, helps. <laughs> they're all, I like accents. If they have an accent, you're in. I'm in, yeah. So most of my characters are, are Miami-based, but if they have an accent, I just they're exaggerated accents. I love accents. All right, so 
Where does funny you think come from? You born funny, family funny, like where, where like where does that come from from somebody? Uh, and can it be developed? Uh, that's a really good question. That depends on who you ask. I bet you your family's funny, right? In in, in different ways, maybe yeah. dry humor or whatever, but they have a good sense of humor. Yeah. So I I've always thought that comedy is like just because you're a comedian doesn't mean you're necessarily really funny. Right. And that also doesn't mean you're funnier than other people. So many 100%. many people are comedians in their in their bubble, right? Yeah, right? I'm sure you have a friend. Like, you're hilarious, Well, but, right? but you have different friends that are, you're, you're right, like, they don't even know they're funny. They so don't like, even know they're like, funny. This guy's ridiculous. Right. It's hilarious. Com so comedy, I learned, I learned when I did stand-up that there's a whole different thing to being funny with your friends, which is stand-up and right. timing, right. you know, and knowing your audience. But when you get on stage, you have to, uh, if there's a craft to it, yeah. right? Um, but that doesn't answer your question. I would say funny is, I'd say it's partially inborn and partially learned, right? Like right. our personalities. My dad's really funny, all right? He's funny, but he can never get on stage, you know? Yeah, that's a performance. Yeah, but he's he's funny, you yeah. know? You're, we're funny because of someone we grew up with. That's right. how I feel. Yeah, and it, it, I've always found, like, people, big families tend to have a lot more humor because oh you, you're just not safe. You grew up, I grew up with five kids. You grew up with a bunch yeah, of kids. But, like, yeah. like you, any insecurity you have, good luck. No privacy. No, no, no. Oh, so, so it's just like all day all busting on day, you. All day and you know. And we went to the same school. We the same school. Were, they were the same knuckleheads. You know, and then the funniest people I know are not comedians. Like my Uncle George is the funniest human being I ever met. I have friends. We have friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fucking they're, they're fucking hilarious. funny. Right. Hilarious. Right. Hilarious. <laughs> you know, and but that's comedy too. That sure. they're doing stand up really in their little for their group, you know? So I don't know. It's I teach sociology and we're taught that it's nature, nature versus nurture, but it is both. But it's partially your personality is a little bit biological, we know that, but a lot of it is learned, right? Right. So, but yeah, I don't know if, I don't know. I for me, it was a it was a way of being popular. Okay, Columbus. Sure. Okay? So we went to a I'm a little bit older than Dan. Yeah. We went to all boys. When I went there, it was guys, all guys, 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 <laughs> football player, rich guys, you know, whatever. You had to be cool. And I was, you know, 14, and I weighed 92 pounds, <laughs> and I was a gringo, sort of, and I wasn't popular. And uh, suddenly I wasn't sitting at the cool table. And then one day I did a funny accent uh -huh. for... Uh, uh, Alonzo Highsmith. Mm -hmm. It was Alonzo Highsmith. He was a he was there. He was a senior, and he's like, "Man, you you one motherfucking little white, you funny little white boy," <laughs> and he laughed. And when he laughed, his friends were like, "Yeah, you're funny." And that just doing that taught me. Oh my God, I might not be athletic. I might not be great looking. I might not have all the girls. Blah, blah, blah. But if I can make them laugh. You got something. I got. I can. I can kind of work <laughs> my way in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's how I. That's that's what it was because I never thought I would do. Co I, I, yeah, I didn't know. Were you? Yeah. I mean, were you doing plays and stuff? Or no, no, no. So no. when did you go? I'm going to do improv. Uh, like after college? Uh, it was college? after college. Uh, I was at, at University of Miami. I was very. Uh, I was a president student body at UM. Wow. I was very very uh, popular. And there was a stand-up comedy competition, and they asked me in my senior year to do it. 
because they thought I was funny and yeah. I'd never done it. And I got on stage. It was for MTV. Okay. And I did. Uh, I was supposed to do two minutes, but I did thirty minutes. Wow. And I killed. You know. And I thought they liked. And that me. was your first time. First time ever. So that never happens to anybody. Most people bomb their first time. Yeah, right? but I thought they liked me because I was popular. You know, because right. I was in a big And that was your party. audience. That was your raving fans. They all knew you. Yeah, but it turns out... It, it, You're pretty I, good. I guess so. Yeah. And then someone said you should do improv. And I used to watch Saturday Night Live, and I wanted to do that. So I decided to move to L.A. and get in this troupe. That was the feeder to SNL. And uh, I got in this improv school, and I worked my way. We started with 500 people. We made it to eight people. All of them are kind of famous, but I never... I, I didn't get... You're famous. Here, you're a Miami legend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's how I got into, into improv, yeah. So you're a professor. Lessons learned that, that from teaching and then comedy, like how have they, they helped you in, bo in both? Mm. You got one foot in each. It, I would say comedy has helped me a lot in teaching. In teaching, why? Um, students uh, like uh, professors that are entertaining. Engaging, for sure. Engaging. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that know how to be quick, Yeah, you know, quick comebacks, uh, uh, it, that when you get on stage as many times as I have thousands, thousands and thousands, 5,000 yeah. times, maybe it's just, it feels so natural. Yeah. A classroom is nothing compared to being in front of a group at the, you know, the improv. It's right? the greatest high when you get a laugh, right? Oh yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, when you're, a, when you're a professor who's a comedian, it's just, and they can be a tough crowd too, students sure. too. When it's like, I had class this morning, 8 a.m., right, at FIU, right? So I'll practice my jokes on them. If it works at 8 a.m. in the morning, <laughs> it's going to work. Bitch, that's just going to work at the improv, you know what I'm saying? A bunch of drunk guys, yeah. Right, yeah. So it's, it's uh, I would say that, uh, uh, yeah, I would say that comedy has helped me just in general, you know, uh, being a professor, yeah. Being a professor. And yeah. being a professor, how has it helped you in comedy? Um, Other than you get to practice, practice your jokes. Well, I, 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 <laughs> tell my, I tell my students, extra credit, bitch. If you come to that, extra <laughs> yeah. credit. There'll probably be something. There'll be something. Um, I would say that it's helped me uh, because I have this, uh, it's given me, sometimes on stage I kind of act like I'm an authority and I, I'll always mention, well, you know, I am a professor, you know, by the <laughs> college. And that, that allows me to, they see me a little bit differently than the other comics after right. that, you know? And it kind of gives me an edge. I can, you know, I can drop in points of it. Well, you know, the, how many people know who the mother of Miami was? How many people know that Miami was founded by a woman? You know, I can do, I can act like the professor yeah, 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 a little yeah, yeah. bit, but then tell the joke. I, I, I've never really thought about that, but that's probably how. This episode is brought to you by Buena Vista Creative, Miami's premier digital marketing agency. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com for more info on how Buena Vista can help your business increase revenue and create the brand and digital presence it deserves. Video and podcast production, web and app development, search engine and social media marketing, logo creation, outdoor, print, swag, and more. Visit BuenaVistaCreative.com to learn more. Yeah, that's so, the only way. So getting your word out. Uh, so one of the, I mean, I think great things about uh, for, for comics, it's a tough gig, as you know, yeah. right? road trips and, 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 and bad pay and all that kind of stuff. But like, man, for comics now, digital, right? Mm. I, I have gotten introduced to so many comics, like their, their comedy mm. through like Instagram reels, 
uh, Facebook, just like a quick little, I'm like, that guy's funny, man. Like, That's and it. I just start following him and then even podcasts, right? Like, oh my God. And, and yeah. some of them have made a really nice living some that they don't have to be on the road. Huge. I mean, Rogan being the biggest. Yes. Right. Yes. I met him once yeah. at the South Beach Comedy Festival and he told me something really cool. He was like, do, you know, do what you think is funny. You know, it sounds stupid, but. A hundred percent. Right. But Joe Rogan told me that. But anyways, yeah, he's, he's the. You know, he, he's a good example of how, you know, you can, it's all about digital, right? It's right. all about. Um, so what do you do? Well, as a, probably a lot of your viewers or listeners know, uh, when you're a comic or even if you're a business person or whatever, you have to create some sort of online presence. Yeah. I mean, start simple. Start with an Instagram page or something like that, you know, and Instagram for people under 30, right? <laughs> Facebook for over. Um Definitely, that's a big one. I, I have so many followers on just Instagram, and I don't even try. You that's know? how I got reconnected with you. Yes, yeah. exactly. I, I love those platforms for that. Um, that's a huge one. Today, there was a time back in the day where you had to l physically mail, mail. A, a videotape and a, and a headshot, right? That yeah. doesn't happen anymore. No, that's, not at all. That's, it's a link now, it's right? It's crazy. And yeah, you can, if you get enough followers, man, there's, there's people that are only funny online. They don't even perform. They don't even right. perform. Right, right, right. They, that's their thing. And their thing is bigger than, you know, performing. And it's an easier, more profitable life. It's incredible. Yeah. And you can edit it and stuff. Exactly. So, you know, I would say find someone that knows uh, how to, you know, do a simple, even like a WordPress or something like that, just a basic website. Yeah, that's very important. And anytime someone texts you or emails you, send them something back, even if it's just a like. Yeah. You know? Get them uh, engaged. Get them, get them yeah, engaged, right. yes. And if you don't know, and if you bump into them, it happens to me in Miami. People will be like, hey, Freddie. If you don't remember who they are, still be friendly, you know? Yeah, because people will bump into you when you're from here, but mm -hmm. Professor Freddie mm -hmm. or the comedian Freddie or one of the dozen characters you do. Yes, yes. All right, what's your favorite character to do? Mm. Other than your signature character, which we will talk about in a minute. Mm. Let's see. <laughs> ADHD, well, inner city. I know, yes, I, I did that, yes, for six months. It was horrible. <laughs> what, what, which is that one? Uh, no, that's that's not a that's real. Oh, really? I was a kindergarten through eighth, five through eight, ADHD. You know, attention hyperactivity. Oh, I thought that was one of your characters. No. So you really when did, I lived in LA, lived in, oh god, I was I had I had ten kids and they were crazy, <laughs> and it was me and five assistant adults and they you know they flipped their dad. I mean they, these kids were something, but they liked me for that semester because I could yeah you do the characters you and know? stuff yeah and I'd go home exhausted and want to shoot myself, but you know. I'd say, I, I don't know, I have a few favorite characters of, you know. <laughs> a, 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 anything Cuban-related from Miami, like an old Cuban, you're, you're, you're in. Yeah, th those are my favorite. <laughs> those are your go-tos. I love the old Cuban man, the old viejo. I love him. I love the Lisette, <laughs> you know, that goes to the, from Hialeah or from Kendall. Who, you know, oh my Kendall's God. Kendall's the hood. Kendall's the Kendall's hood. Kendall's the hood. Like, for real. Like, you don't even know. Like, like this is like, like, Durant's like, like the new Kendall, like, quote unquote. Like, it's like, and they have a Flanagan's. <laughs> um, I love her. I like, I really, it's, I'm aging myself, but I really like the 
like that old retiree from New York, you know, that we don't see <laughs> a little anymore. Salty. You know, a little salty. Yeah. <laughs> and he's always coughing. <clears throat> and he thinks everyone's Mexican. <laughs> like this one. Oh, you're a tall Mexican. <clears throat> but uh, um, I don't know. I like, they change. They change. I like, I have a new character I really like. I'm going to do this on a, on, a, uh, on a weekly basis. He's the... Uh, clearly gay, uh, uh, fantasy football <laughs> expert. So why a gay fantasy? Okay, football so I'm allowed to talk about gay people. I, you know, that's a, that's part of my. I have a little gay in me sitting over there, and um, I, I, I'm so fascinated by stereotypes. And there's a stereotype about uh, gay uh, men. Especially ones that have a really just a, they're just gorgeous. <laughs> and uh, okay, so there was a flight attendant when I'd fly back to forth to Miami on Delta all the time, and his name was Bruce. And back then, like you knew someone was gay, but like they couldn't say they yeah, were. Right, right. But like he was just like, oh honey, I want to tell you something. I have been flying this route nonstop for 14 years. I know it laying like the back of my hand, and I know my hands. By the way, I'm a big old football fan. Are you a football fan? Oh, my goodness, go Canes. And then he started spewing, like, NFL statistics. <laughs> it didn't fit. Like, like it didn't fit. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, if it was one of our friends, like, bro, no, the, the, like, two, like, he had that 350, he had, like, 542 yards in my fantasy league, and then, like, Tyreek, like, his, he leads the league at first down. Like, you expect to hear that yeah. from, like, a macho. Yeah. But this man, <laughs> was the ultimate Dolphin fan. I swear to God. And he knew everything. And he had that unmistakable, that, <laughs> so, honey, oh, you've got a Dolphins cap on. Y'all going to the game? Oh, shit, I wish I could go. I've got a flight, but let me tell you something. Did you see Greasy last week? I don't know if you know this. I used to follow him at Purdue. He threw for 442 yards my senior year. I was in love with Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell, by the way, has the biggest thighs of any man I've ever seen. Oh, he should play. Well, the Vikings, we don't know about the Vikings this year. The Vikings this year, their secondary is just so depleted. So Bruce is fantastic. He's gorgeous, and he's the ultimate football fan. He's going to have his own fantasy uh, prediction weekend every weekend. He'll tell you who to pick. Where can I hear this? Uh, he hasn't been created yet, but he will be on <laughs> freddystebbins.com, my website. We can't wait. Yeah. All right, so there's a show that I attended, uh, and for any of our listeners, definitely go. Freddie and the Flamingo. Yes. This is a big 1950s band. Tell our audience about it because it is so much fun. Freddie and the Flamingos is a throwback to the 1950s and 60s when people would come to Miami Beach and they'd see the big show. But late at night in the, in the bar mm-hmm. area, the, you know, they'd have these smaller lounge act shows. And it was, you know, with maybe like a stripper, you know, and dirty jokes. Yeah. And uh, I think Mad Men, you know, that sort of thing. And it's, it was usually some washed up old comedian or singer with a cheesy outfit on and a small three-piece orchestra behind him. You know, glitter, you know, and bad jokes, songs. And that old lounge act that you might have seen back then, I've recreated. And I do it at various bars around Miami. It's It's, great. It's an awesome show. And we wear, and we all wear, I wear my pink I'm in character with my yeah. black bouffant hairdo, my pencil-thin black mustache, and I'm Freddie Flamingo. The famous, <laughs> I was famous in Havana, and now I work on cruise ships, and occasionally you're honored to see me here tonight. Let's sing a song for you. 
I might be gay or a Jew. It's hot, whatever, you know. And the and the the orchestra is behind me, also in pink tuxedos. Yeah. And it's like a little, you know. And we bring up comedians. It's kind of naughty. It's X-rated a little bit. Maybe a stripper. We usually have a, someone, you know. Uh, Burlesque. But it's a blast. Man. It's a blast. It's, it's a total it's blast. A, it's a blast. We have little trinkets, and it's it's cool. It's caught on. Now you're into astrology, am I correct? I I am. You are. I am. And and one of your one of your characters is very into astrology. So I lied. I'm actually not into astrology, <laughs> but my character is very much into astrology, um, and he's one of my favorite characters. Uh, his name is Walter Mer Mercado. Walter Mercado. And tell the audience, because I obviously know who he is. Mm -hmm. If you grew up in South Florida in a certain period of time, you definitely know. He was on the on the TV nonstop. Yes. If you're if you're Hispanic or Latino American, you yeah. you might know. Um, Walter Mercado is we're pretty sure he was the first televised astrologer uh, that would tell you your fortunes, uh, you know, on TV once a week. Uh, he was from Puerto Rico. Right. And he caught on in Latin America. And every Everyone in Latin America, even in Spain, would watch on Saturday night 15 minutes of Walter Mercado. And Walter Mercado spoke no English, <laughs> solamente en español. But he was a presence. He was like the Liberace of. Easily, yeah. But even more, he we, over the top. Over the top. He had this blonde hair coiffed, <laughs> and he'd wear glittering, you know, like robes and capes and the collar and mystical music, and he had pancake makeup on his face. And I, growing up in Southwest Miami, I my friends were mainly Cuban. I'd go there, their house, and the, every every Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, Abuelita, Mrs. Vieira would be there. And this man would come on. And I don't speak Spanish. I really don't. I could speak a little bit. But there was something. And he, he'd go on and he, he'd do something like this. I don't have the wig with me, but. Hi. Uh, mi amor. Ay, mi amor. My name is Walter Mercado. Hi. I am, I am, I am the Nostrodomus of Hialeah. <laughs> we live in a world of consternation. We live in a world of inflation. We live in a world of masturbation. <laughs> Mi amor, life, life is what it's about. You know? Ay. Capricornio. Capricornio? Yeah. Ay. Capricornio, you're like the ram. Always horny, caprihornio, mi amor. Con mucho, mucho amor. And then he would fade off like a ghost in the background. And he became like a cult classic. Yeah. He died about five years ago, and he lived in Miami. He lived in Miami for many years, and then Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico. And evidently, I met someone that saw him walk out of his apartment building with his like nine white little poodles <laughs> and he was in not the cape but one like, of those gowns he was like that yeah he was like all that. the time right and uh there's a documentary on him it's called great mucho mucho, mucho amor, amor, yeah um and he's he's and just he, he never found love he no yeah he never found love no he never found love no <laughs> No, he was not Capricornio. No. Maybe he's with Liberace now. Maybe he is. We don't know. 
We don't know for sure, but he's watching us. Right? <laughs> he's, he's definitely watching you. Yeah, he's, 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 he's watching me, yeah. <laughs> One night, 14 years ago, I was doing comedy open mic at a place called John Martin's, and two older men in gray suits, this is at midnight, walk in and sit right in front of me at the bar doing comedy. And this girl, Regina, says to me, That's Walt, those are Walter Mercado's uh, managers. They had what? And heard, heard right. that I do this impersonation. There was a write-up in the Herald. And they came and they sat right in front of me, disheveled, their hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. lay the day. <laughs> and they just sat there and they just stared at me. And then they got up and left. They didn't even laugh? They chuckled a little bit, and then they got up and left. So that that made me know that Walter was aware of my presence. Is that <laughs> well, crazy? Dude, it's totally crazy. Well, I, that's how I found out about you, because I was yeah. like, first of all, it's hilarious, because as a kid, I used to find him hilarious. I'm like, this, hilarious. Guy, this guy's ridiculous. All these Cuban grandmothers and, oh. and Latina grandmothers just like, by the way, he had the 900 numbers that you would yes, call for your, yes. your horoscope. This is stuff. before Miss Cleo and all Be, that. Before Miss Cleo, and he yeah. was a big deal. And uh, and then I was like, wait a minute, this guy Freddy, who's not even no Cuban, gringo, no, he's a gringo doing it. Yes, I, I, I don't even understand what he's saying, but <laughs> I, I I you know I love it. You he's know? the best. All right, I know you got a show tonight. Uh, I'm gonna ask you some fun questions and then yes. get you going, and then we'll, okay. we'll, we'll learn Let's how do it. people can find about it. All right, most underrated comedy. Most underrated what show do you movie. Oh my gosh. Gosh. One that you think is funny that, yeah, maybe some people don't. Uh, there's uh, two of them. One is Nacho Libre. I love Nacho Libre. Uh, which is a classic. Yeah. Uh, another one none of you have heard of is called The Party with Peter Sellers. Of course I know The Party. Yeah. Those are two. We're, we're a little older. Yeah, we're a little bit older. Yeah. But if you're old school, and it wouldn't be politically correct today, but let me tell you. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good. All right. Yeah. You can go to dinner with one person in history and one person in comedy. Who do you pick? One person in history and one person in comedy. Um, one person in history, I would say, I don't want to be cliche, so um, one person in history, oh, shoot. God damn it. These are good questions. Um, I, You know, I... I I'm not a religious person, but uh, Jesus Cristo would be Jesus kind of Cristo, really. That would be kind of an interesting. <laughs> that would be an interesting. You know what I mean? I just want to see like what the you what's know, he all about? Does he really wear sandals? You know, <laughs> I I don't know. You know, what what are his thoughts on you know Lady Gaga? I don't know. <laughs> I think he. I think that would be interesting historically. Uh, you know, it's a very cliche answer, but uh, you know, he definitely had some. And comedy. Some who would you pick? Ooh, that's a tough one. Hmm. Fudge sickles. I I gotta tell you, I would. Mm, there's so many. So many. I like old, old, old comedians that people have never heard of before. Penny Youngman. <laughs> oh, take my wife, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lenny Bruce. I would say um, it would be, it would probably be um, Peter Sellers. <laughs> he was great. Peter Sellers, or or other, the other one, none of you know this is Jonathan Winters. Of course, he does all the voices. All the voices. Yeah. See, so I I tend to like because he was always on the Tonight Show. Always so on you, Tonight and you'd be Show. Like, how did he do that? Yeah. Or or Robin Williams. I would love to talk. Yeah, to Robin, Robin Williams would be great. You see a theme here. I love accents. You yeah. know, yeah, even a Tracy Ullman would be interesting to me. She'd be know? great. You all know? right, 
favorite Miami word, and you know what I mean by that. Oh yeah, let's see. There's so many great ones. Mm, Zaire. No, no. Uh, <laughs> few people get that. Uh, uh, what was it? Bro, <laughs> bro, come on, bro, damn, bro, for real, bro, damn, girl, for real, bro, damn, shit, the fuck, no, I love fuagada, fuagada, I love fuagada. There's so many, there's so many, there's so so many. I can't that outside of date specifically perico, date, perico, perico, perico. You have to look that up. You look, 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 look yeah, up. yeah. But there's so many. <laughs> Yeah. All right, I get to ask you one more question. Yeah, yeah, let you go. Yeah. Uh, you're big Miami, Miami football hurricanes. You have to answer this, but not as Bruce. Okay. Uh, chances this year, predictions. Does Mario got the program going in the right direction? Predictions for the Canes. I love how we're like, we beat Miami of Ohio and suddenly we're going to the national yeah, yeah, championship. Well, uh, I would say, I think, I think Miami's going to go nine and three this year. That's a good year. That's a good year. Little stat every time we've started off three and oh, we've gone nine and three. I heard, really? just, I just heard that on the radio. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. tonight they played Bethune Cookman, so yeah, they so they, win this yeah, one. they should they should win that one. Um, so I think we go nine and three. I think we lose to FSU and maybe North Carolina and then someone else. And I think we go to a, uh, a decent bowl, but uh, maybe not uh, the Sugar Bowl yet. Um, anything better than the Weed Wheeland Weed Eater Bowl with the progress? I just want to see progress. I think I think he is turning it around. Yeah. They're much bigger this year. They're huge. huge. They're huge, yeah. you know? Yeah, and so, you know, uh, uh, John Ruiz has provided lots of steroids <laughs> for our team. And, uh, and, and, you know, Miami, it's all about the Jew. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I went to you, Evan. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I think that uh, I think this is a good year. I don't think we're going to uh, win the whole ACC, but I, there is progress. This guy is serious. Yeah. I knew his brother in in, in high school. Uh, I think Mario would be a better coach, <laughs> but uh, the, all the crystal balls are, are very talented, and uh, it's going the right direction. Yeah, I go they, over they, there all the time, and I see they got the program going. They've the right they've got it the right direction. Yeah. Uh, where can people find out about you and and uh, Freddie and the Flamingos and follow you? Uh, uh, yeah, Dan. Uh, FreddieStebbins.com. Um, that's my website, F-R-E-D-D-Y, Stebbins.com. And I'm doing something kind of fun now. I've started doing comedy-related history tours of Miami. So I'm going to be doing tours of Little Havana dressed as Walter Mercado. Oh, my God. Which is bizarre in in itself, right? So, uh, yeah, you can find out about uh, those fun events and uh, my emceeing, and I'm going to be emceeing the King Mango Strut again this year, and all kinds. I'm doing a lot right now, freddystebbins.com, or freddystebbins on Instagram, or Facebook if you're over Yeah, I mean, I've done the tour. I took So for corporate events, I took my whole team to uh, the Little Havana tour. It was fantastic. We had a blast. Uh, Freddie and the Flamingos, I think I've seen the show twice. It's great, and then we're going to see stand-up and have some fun tonight. Yeah. All right, sign us off as Walter, and then we'll go. I feel Dan Ariola, not to be confused with Ariolas, that you're going to have a fantastic year. And all of your listeners or viewers who are switching between this and pornography will feel the presence and the communicative, communi- ¿cómo se dice? Commu- commu- he's Mexican. The communication that you provide, digitally and everything, will come through. To you with mucho, mucho amor. Thank you, my man. <laughs>